0: Have you ever been exposed to scenarios where your essence could be compromised? Estefania Soto has been there. With great exposure, such as working at the French Embassy in Washington, D.C., carrying the title of Miss Universe Puerto Rico, operating as a development supervisor of the Miss Universe Puerto Rico organization, being a brand ambassador for Lancome Puerto Rico and Volvo, Estefania discusses how staying in touch with her emotions and developing self-awareness has allowed her to make better decisions, we also talk about the advantages and disadvantages of beauty, the power of professional diversification, where to find the strength to take the next big step, and how to become comfortable with fear. Let's meet her. I see a woman that has kept her essence um, despite the constant influence and the parameters that society establishes on a beauty queen. Because you had that title mm-hmm. and you keep that title. So my question is, has Estefania always felt like this, loyal, faithful, and in a sense with her?
1: Yes, the answer is yes. And it makes me smile from within to hear what you just said, because when we go through such a platform where there's Mm -hmm. so much attention everywhere, every single minute of your life, where there's so much glamour, it's really easy to lose, you know, your focus in keeping your essence. And to me, having the responsibility of such a title means I need to find ways to connect with the people that follow you and with your communities. And I believe the only way to do that responsibly is when you're true to yourself. So I would say, yes, it's something that I've always carried on with me. And I remember when they called me and they say, would you like to represent us? I called all my best friends and my family members and I told them, If you ever feel like I let go of who I am, please tell me. Please let me know whenever you feel I forgot about my, my true essence. And if you ever feel like I lost my focus about that, just let me know. And so far, so good. So I'm happy to, to know that that's what people perceive from me. <laughs>
0: I love that. I love that because I can definitely testify um, to that. I've known you before the competition, before all these titles, and you've kept being yes. the same person, which is so beautiful <laughs> and, and so genuine. You know, it, it's easy to yes. connect with you. So um, are there any routines that you establish on a daily basis to keep you grounded, apart from communicating with your loved ones and being like, hey, give me a accountable?
1: <laughs> yes, it's very important for me to stay in touch with my emotions okay. uh, regardless of what context you are developing personally or professionally I've come to understand that emotions and being aware of how you feel what are the things that uh, sort of trigger certain type of emotions is really important it's really important to have a a self-concept and understand who you are, you know, that idea of self-awareness, because when you do that, you can make better decisions. So for me, it's really important every day to take my journal, write a little bit about how I feel, uh, the things that I did throughout the day, that way I can identify really easily what were the moments, the type of conversations, situations that triggered uh, either negative or positive feelings and emotions uh, throughout the days. And that's always a a good um, practice that I do and that I definitely suggest everyone to do.
0: (laughs) I love that because I've heard a lot of things, great things about journaling and I've tried it myself a couple of times, but I I haven't kept up with it. And I feel like you're able to backtrack and see, oh my God, how much have I evolved? Have you you seen the difference between the Stefania from, I don't know, 2019 to the Stefania now? Yes. I can even tell you the difference between, like,
1: Estefania (laughs) from 10 years ago. It's crazy. Like, three weeks ago or a month ago, I uh, came across this box that I kept in my room filled with, like, souvenirs and love letters. And I found this journal that I used to write on when I was, like, I don't know, maybe 15 or 18. So Mm -hmm. I went through it, and it's amazing how much uh, I've changed. I would say I'm still the same person, the same human being with the same values and the same desires to, you know, do some important things in life. But I've definitely, you know, experienced some amazing growth. And like you said, and like, you know, going through the Miss Universe platform definitely was one of the, the context for that. It allowed me to do that.
0: I understand. And I believe that your life took a 360 turn when they gave you that call. And they were like, honey, come back home because we need you to represent our island. And Mm -hmm. you said, yes, you said yes, but you could have also said no. And both scenarios were completely different. We're talking about location. We're talking about what were you, what, what, what you were going to do. So my question is, and and I'm assuming this hasn't been the only tough decision that you've encountered. So Mm -hmm. tell us about the process you mentally go through in order to make these life-changing decisions. And (laughs) what factors do you recommend to take into consideration to be able to make a decision or make the right decision? I've always
1: believed in what I have to offer. I've always believed that I had great potential and that I only needed some opportunities and some platforms and some um coincidence with different people in order for that potential to explode and, and to develop. So as soon as I got the call, it was clear to me that that was life just bringing something back, you know, like uh-huh. you, and I don't know if people know, but. Uh, and we've experienced this together, I competed and I made it first runner-up and I closed that Mm -hmm. chapter and I went away to Europe thinking, okay, I did my part. It was great. Goodbye. (laughs) And because of the pandemic, this thing, like you said, sort of 360 (laughs) life change, I always think about it and I think, I feel like this is just like a movie script written (laughs) by a younger version of me, you know, like, and then a world (laughs) pandemic came around and then I was given the crap, you know, that sort of thing. So... uh, it was definitely an experience that happened under very, very particular and, and specific circumstances that there was no other way that I could have had that opportunity, except if there was a worldwide pandemic, right? Literally that's how the organization allowed every single country to either make a new contest or, uh, crown the first runner runner-up from the previous year. Mm-hmm. So, Number one, knowing the potential that I had. Number two, clearly noting that it was crazy to have this opportunity under those circumstances. And number three, I've never wanted to live life thinking, what if? Mm. Of course, when this opportunity came to me, I had a long relationship with my then boyfriend, a Dutch guy we had been together for five years we had just moved into a new apartment four months in, decorating everything and I get the call he's always supported me, up till today even though we're not together anymore but it was, it was something that I, I, it was so clear to me, you know, it was so clear. How I didn't want to combo,
0: go. In. Like with him, like wow. you deciding, I think I'm going back to Puerto Rico, honey.
1: <laughs> like, Hey baby, if you tell me you don't want me to, I'll stay, but you know, <laughs> but
0: you already know the no, decision. <laughs>
1: it, yeah. But uh, we've always been, we were always a very independent kind of couple, very, you know, individuals doing mm-hmm. our own thing. So it was like very clear that I needed to do this. And he was very supportive. But I also didn't want to stay thinking, okay, I stay here in the Netherlands. And what if, like, what if I would have said yes to this crazy opportunity? So for me, it's just, you know, that combo of recognizing your potential, Mm -hmm. being ready for when opportunities come to you, because you got to be ready for when they come to you. And then not being comfortable with the idea of what if, you know, What if I would have been able to do that? What if not? So for me, those were the three things that really pushed me through it.
0: I know that after the Miss Universe competition, when you came back to the island, you were giving interviews. And I remember hearing you say in one or maybe a couple of the interviews that you were certain that you were going to place in that top five. Trust me, it makes two of us. And I'm sure there's a lot of people (laughs) in the boat. Yes. (laughs) I can only imagine what you felt like in that moment and yeah. letting go of that expectation that was built consciously or unconsciously and almost like grieving it because you you had yes. to say bye to that thought. So yes. did you go through grief? And when were you over it?
1: If you're ever over love it. I love it. I love this question. It is definitely a grieving moment. It was Mm, a grieving moment for me. I was heartbroken. Um, Of course, it's a competition. We all had expectations of, you know, going as far as I could. I prepared myself not to win, but I also prepared myself to make it to top five. And when that didn't happen, you go through this entire wave of emotions when you realize what is this thing that we call expectations and how we need to approach expectations in life. Luckily, I had a wonderful training that not only uh, focused on how I looked physically, but also how I managed this kind of things um, individually and privately and also publicly. And I thought it was an amazing experience to just reach out to people and and to connect with people you know Mm. um it is very usual for for public figures and i'm not saying this is wrong or that you know they shouldn't do it like that but it's very Mm -hmm. usual for public figures to always focus on i'm super proud of what i did and that's part of it i'm super proud well let's just keep going but i felt it was such a great opportunity to show a little a little bit of a rougher side to the entire Mm. experience i mean i'm on the platform where millions of people are looking at what i'm doing I had my expectation, I thought, this is a great opportunity to say I'm a human being. Yeah, Mm. I cried like crazy. Uh, The next morning, me and my roommate, it was South Africa, Me, South Africa, we were Uh, hugging in bed you know, next to each other crying because she also had her expectations and she didn't meet them. I thought it was gonna be a long grief. I was expecting, okay, I'm gonna be a month in this thing, you know, getting used to everything. Luckily, it was not. One week after, when I went back to Puerto Rico And I started noticing the huge impact that I had made and all the girls that go through that platform made, I realized, you know, why am I so disappointed? Of course, I didn't make it to top five. What was the thing about making it to top five It was about connecting with people, uh, speaking, uh, giving a message. And I thought, well, I still can do that in Puerto Rico. I still have six months left Mm -hmm. of reaching out to people, you know, of becoming this, this figure that inspires women and 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 people in general and when i changed that mindset i realized i still can do what i want to do maybe not at a bigger bigger level but i still have puerto rico and i still have the visibility and once i realized that then the grief ended and i just embrace everything else that came which was amazing too
0: (laughs) we've known you uh as a as a human being as a woman that is very prepared very intelligent Mm. beautiful when you walk into a room, people have to look at you. But much more than looking at you, we got to know the intelligent Estefanía in the Miss Universe Puerto Rico competition. Do your experience, knowledge acquired by your long career as a student, um, your studies abroad, your titles, etc., ever played against you, or were they a disadvantage, or were they always an advantage? How you felt?
1: No, I think it was definitely my main card. You know, I was playing with it, um, with this profile of being a pretty woman, you know, that corresponds Mm -hmm. and and goes through the the beauty criteria that has been set for so many years. And then bringing something new to the table, allowing myself to be a little bit bolder when it came, you know, in terms of how I want to answer my questions, thinking outside the box. Um, So it was definitely something that I think helped a lot and uh it was not a struggle publicly in terms of you know when i think of the preparation and the pressure that i put myself and this is something that i experienced w- going through the local experience when we competed because mm-hmm. i don't know if you know but we competed together and hazel <laughs> and i we were yes, rubies we <laughs> <laughs> and it was oh, amazing but yes, um, it was I this this pressure of You know, demonstrating to people Mm. that I was not just looks. And at some point, it's great, right? Because you give yourself the challenge of, I'm going to show you. I'm not only this, you know, don't reduce my identity to the identity of a beauty queen. Right. Yeah. And that's good. But sometimes it's very tiring. Sometimes Mm. you get to the point where it's tiring to, to have to prove yourself. Right. You shouldn't have to prove yourself to anyone. And um, I I think going through that experience, of course, building up that profile of she's super brilliant and smart. We're going to use that as, you know, as an advantage and what you have to offer. It was good, but it also took me to a place where I thought outside of the beauty pageant world, I shouldn't feel the need to prove myself to others because for the people that follow these competitions, They know and they're more aware that this is not only the looks, right? Mm -hmm. These are fans that go through every single detail of every single candidate and they know where they come from, why they studied and why they do. So they have a pretty global idea of the women that stand there. Yes. But for the people, like the rest of the world, which is the world that you're just scrolling on TV and whoops, suddenly they just. on the channel and you know they didn't schedule it they were not waiting for Miss Universe final night they just see the glamorous part of it and I think it was that type of audience that I felt a little bit more pressure to show I'm a beauty queen Don't judge me because I have this and this and this and this and this title. Wow. That's okay. But, but why, why do we have to do that? Right. Um, so it's, it was not, um, a struggle, but it was a way of letting go and accepting myself and letting go of that need to prove myself, right. To prove and and to show, oh, I look like this, but look, I also have this list of of right. This is my
0: stronger card. And it's so crazy because, um. I was recently watching that in one of your interviews, you found in Miss Universe, Puerto Rico, a platform that where you were able to be Estefania all around, not only yes. the intellectual Estefania, which you probably showed in the, when, whenever you were studying, whenever you were pursuing uh, your studies, and you didn't have to only commit to being the beauty queen that was only an image. Yes. You had mm-hmm. the platform to really dive into both areas of Estefania that complement each other. Tell us a little bit more yes. about that.
1: Yeah, I love it. I can say that
0: there is no, there is no opportunity
1: that I've gone through life that has allowed me to let go of shame, you know? Mm. Some, sometimes I feel ashamed, you know? And when, when you go into a room and, and you start having wow. a conversation with a person and you're clearly uh focused on having a smart conversation and then the person brings up something that has to do with how how you look it's so superficial yes yeah it's very superficial it's very frustrating and i like you said i felt that depending on the context where i was i had to hide a part of who i was Mm. i was at the university discussing my research proposal with my thesis advisor Then I couldn't wear heels. I couldn't wear makeup. I couldn't, you know, I had to be very serious. I couldn't smile. I couldn't say, good morning. How are you feeling? (laughs) And then if I was in the modeling, it's like, you don't even need to talk. Just get your clothes, put the, you know, and, and then I would have to just sort of put away that that desire of engaging in smart and meaningful conversations. And indeed the moment that I understood that Miss Universe was a platform that was looking for a FEMA that could do both. I was like, this is great. And exactly going through Miss Universe Puerto Rico gave me just that. And, um, what I love about it is that nowadays, even if I'm not, on the platform, on stage, no matter where I go, I am both, you know? Yes. No matter where I go, I can arrive with my curly hair and my little makeup <laughs> and then sit down and talk to you about
0: some right. anthropological, you know, <laughs> issues. Right. And precisely, yeah. I think it touches on the topic of labels. My yes. question is, what has been some or maybe one of the labels that others have put on you that you consider are far from the reality of who you are and what would you say to those people
1: i love this question
0: there's a lot of people that say
1: that they feel very intimidated by me really and since forever i've had a lot of uh situations where you know at work or different places where i try to be part of a group people just a lot of times they felt like okay this is you know Top model. I can't do this. She's super gorgeous. She like, I, I cannot. Yeah, no. Really? She probably only hangs out with supermodels, and, and I'm like, that's the weirdest thing ever. Like, but it's been very, very interesting. Really? listening you to that. Chill. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah exactly. I'm like, well, what are you talking about? No, but then it gave me a lot of food for thought. Like when you th- think about beauty standards, it's a very powerful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I did um podcast with our beautiful Denise Quinones,
0: Yes. our beautiful
1: queen and director back then where we talked about beauty as a privilege and all the things that come with it right and then I started to understand at the beginning I was like well, me intimidated by me what are you talking about but then I started to understand and sort of like imagine being in a room and then this person with these characteristics that represents something in society comes you know you definitely feel you could definitely intimidated. feel uh, intimidated right um so give me some f- for thought but no I am not intimidating <laughs> I could be maybe at first but uh yeah I'm I'm a nerd I am very low-key and you're super I love cool when people realize people that yeah I love when people realize like oh you're like
0: super you're like, I'm like normal, normal. I'm like, yes, I'm yeah I like was normal the whole time <laughs> and I love that you mentioned yes. that episode um with denise because i remember when you were doing voces de reinas and um, i remember you discussing and defending the idea that external beauty can be a privilege which is not talked about let's dive into into that a little bit and when has beauty benefited you when you walk into a room oof many ways if we think about it like the same
1: line that we're talking about they notice you right away they get interested in you right away mm. um sadly sometimes you get better treatment mm.
0: uh,
1: sometimes you might get an extra opportunity to meet someone else just because the way that you look and i think it's really important to embrace what that means and in generally like generally speaking not only talking about the privilege of being beautiful but the privilege of whatever you're privileged about whatever situation uh, that defines your identity puts you a little bit further it's about really recognizing that recognizing where that puts you and then what can you do about it you know what can you do about it and and as i experience it to me it has been a wonderful experience to show people a lot more than just what I look like. It's been a, right. an opportunity for me to talk about what I studied, the researches that I did. It's been a wonderful opportunity to to let tell people why I went into the miss universe and to let people know, you know, things are changing. We are craving our societies and communities are craving for well-rounded women. So, I don't think, you know, it's about being ashamed or hiding the fact that, oh, yes, I have this advantage mm-hmm. over that. It's about
0: recognizing it and then deciding, okay, what can I do with it? We talked about advantages. Let's talk about disadvantages or maybe a scenario that you experienced that you were like, wow, like I wish to not have this face or just what this, what my beauty just got me into.
1: Wow. Depending on the place where you are. Usually when I'm in places that are not, that have nothing to do with the beauty and We've fashion an industry, industry. Mm-hmm. it can be very, it can be usual for people to look at me in a certain way that it's not necessarily mm. a way that will make me feel
0: comfortable. Proud. Yeah. Uncomfortable. comfortable.
1: And then that goes the dynamic of, of course, they, they only see, okay, this girl that's super beautiful and, If they care to Google your name, they oh, she's Miss Universe. Yes. Yeah, like oh, and and there's there's a type of look, you know, there's Mm. a type of look that people sometimes give me that I understand and I realize, okay, they they they're just looking at this. Um, When that happens, and that happens often, because I move myself in places outside of the fashion and, and modeling world. It's a bit frustrating, but like I said previously, I'm at a point right now where I'm okay with both, you know, where where I'm okay with my full identity. Um, If the person or people are interested in knowing a little bit more about you, then they will take the moment to ask about it and then you will be able to engage and make, you know, meaningful connections. But I think that will be the,
0: the experience that I would say is not that nice. When you look at yourself in the mirror, Estefanía, do you see the beauty that everybody else sees? <laughs> <laughs> I
1: don't think so. You know, I've read Why? a research. So I'm, I'm going to tell you, this is a, the nerdy me coming in. I've read somewhere that you know the the person that we see in the mirror is not exactly the person that you know people see because we have these perceptions of who we. Yeah, it's a. Uh, oh my interesting. God! Tell me, so- it's
0: a better version. <laughs>
1: It's a really good version of what I see. I mean, I don't really? know. It's oh, I good. Love that. <laughs> you know, I've, I've I always have my my ups and downs, like everyone okay. else. And of course, sometimes I need a reminder, not necessarily of oh, you are very pretty, but you know, the reminder of the things that I can still accomplish and mm. a little push when it comes to trying new things and you know, when fear comes knocking at your door and you feel like, oh, I cannot do this and and you feel all blocked. Um,
0: How do you receive that push? How do, where do do you get it from?
1: I think all the experiences that I've had before prior to going through the Miss Universe uh, experience, you know, living abroad, uh, missing flights, not being able to get to your student exchange program because you forgot to renew your passport um you know just being in being in places where you feel uncomfortable is crazy mm. you know that builds up your
0: confidence um, I love that because that, that brings yeah. me to the word vulnerability um yes. I associate them both and I yes. believe this there's power in vulner- in being vulnerable with others there's power yes. in being uncomfortable Mm-hmm. where have you or when have you felt that power maybe after you go through the situation and you're like oh that makes sense why that happened that way
1: I can talk to you about the most recent experience I've been in LA for almost three months now training mm-hmm. and acting very exciting new adventure and the first week that I got here I was like What am I doing? (laughs) No one knows me here. Like, you should go back to Puerto Rico. Like, people know you there. Know know you there? there. (laughs) And then here, no one knows me. My friends were not really in the city by that time, and I, I felt like this dark cloud just came over me, and I was so scared. I was like, Why do I need to do this? Right? It's a very powerful um, and rough moment I think fear will always be there next to us whenever we Mm. face a new challenge in life especially when you face challenges in life that have a high probability of making you shine of making Mm. you better and greater right because it's kind of a risk so even though you know I got used to the idea that fear will always knock at my door when I do big things and when when I'm about to start a new adventure you know just that Self-awareness, self-conscious, how do you work, what makes you feel comfortable, knowing all those little things, what gives you stress, what sort of situation or people you feel uncomfortable with, or you'd rather spend your time with, all those little things, believe it or not, give you some sort of strength when it comes to facing and going through that stage of fear. Having a great community of support, like from your family, your friends, the journaling, the, the, you know, the the meditating every single day. I think all those little things just really build up a shield that
0: allow you to go through this dark moment. I want to talk about empowered or empowering. And um, you have mentioned that your mission um, is not to encourage women to be empowered, but to be powerful. Yes. I love the definition <laughs> and I love how you explain it. So please let's dive into what are the differences and how do you see it? One of the things that I
1: love about our generation is that there's a need and a desire to understand things that previously were, you know, not important. And it becomes sort of like, fashionable to be up to date with all these little terms when it comes uh, when we're talking about privilege and when we talk about the development of women of course empowerment is a word that is there every single day very popular very popular word It, it, it stands for a very good cause and it has a powerful meaning but i think sometimes um the overuse of words don't allow us to think outside the box and don't allow us to think to think how that empowerment experience is really reachable, and attainable to all women. Is it really? So when we talk about empowerment, if we look at a dictionary, it's about giving power, giving something to someone else so that they can, you know, uh, take it and do something with it. And that's a reality for a lot of us we needed we were given the chance to go to school we were given the chance to i don't know get a scholarship that would allow us to travel the world and get all our degree and yes empowerment is beautiful and amazing for women but we have to think what about the women that are not privileged enough to you know go to school or go to work due to i don't know religious or political conflicts in their countries and i always like thinking outside the box I believe in empowerment, I believe in women empowerment, but I also believe we need to push a little bit more, especially when it comes about, you know, this topic of how we are going to grow together. Um, I love the word power because it represents what we already have as an essence. You know, when you started this podcast, you're telling me, oh, something that you've never changed is that you're still the same. Right. And I truly believe that's one of my main, most powerful things. Like I can, I'm very, it's easy to me to engage with people because I'm real. And that's a thing that no one gave me, right? Maybe through life, but that's just something that's within me. Sometimes we are focused on what can I get from someone else so that I can attain and reach my goals. Mm. And that's important, but it's sometimes very important too, to see already what's within you. Um, So you're already powerful in a lot of ways, right? So I'm not saying I don't like women empowerment. I just say, you know, it's good to think about it from different angles.
0: Estefania, after being in the public eye as a representation of Puerto Rico, you were offered to be the development supervisor of the Miss Universe Puerto Rico um, pageants. And you took on that position. It's more exhibition. It's more opinions. It's yes. more criticism because yes, there's positive things, but also then there's the dense things. Did you believe the critics? Uh what what were what were the critics? <laughs> what were the Who are they? <laughs> I love that. They were yeah, never I, I, a they were never a thing. You know, people talk the good, yeah. the bad, the ugly, the pretty. How do you deal with that? how do you manage all the haters? How do you manage? Cause it's a lot of exposure and you went from yeah. a candidate to an international stage to now I'm part of the organization. I'm going to yeah. stick around and yeah. a lot of people love whether me. you <laughs> like it or not. Exactly. <laughs> yes, girl. Love that. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So how do you manage that? Do you ever you know, acknowledge them want- or you're like, you know what? You're just not part of my, my life.
1: Um, it depends, you know, there, there's a lot of uh, people that will criticize from, from a good heart, Mm -hmm. you know, but they don't necessarily have the knowledge to do it Mm. the right way. Um, and then there's just other people that do it just to, you know, be harmful for those people. I dedicated my life to stay in my bubble. I love that. Surround myself with people that I knew, uh, were supporting me. And, you know, when it comes to bullying and people criticizing, at some moment, you just have to accept the fact that it will hurt. You know, sometimes we stick to this discourse of, oh, ignore them, block them, believe in you, chun, chun, chun. And that's the ideal thing to do. And that's what you're supposed to do. But we don't talk about the fact that that experience also comes with... The experience of, you know, embracing painful comments and, and you know, and you just have to build little by little this shell, this shield that will allow you at some point to just, you know, brush it off and go through it. There's a lot of cool techniques out there on social media that I uh, grab myself onto. And, you know, this uh, hidden words list where you can just <laughs> put a list of crazy, stupid words that oh, people yeah. tell you, um, like muting accounts that were are not really bringing anything to the table, were actually mm. taking away from me my mm-hmm. focus, concentration, believe in myself. So it's half part, you know, identifying those technical things that you can definitely use on social media, which are very helpful. Uh, accepting that, yeah, you're a human being. It's kind of hurt like crazy at the beginning. But if you go through it, um, you'll identify spaces and people where to stick to. You know, when I started competing, I couldn't understand why people didn't like me. Because Mm. I had a group of family members and friends that had known me since I was like five years old. And we all knew like, what are these people? What is it that they don't (laughs) see? What my family members and best friends see? Like, what about people. I'm great. Uh (laughs) I'm I'm great. I'm fabulous. And then, yeah, I'm fabulous. And then I realized people need time and space Mm. to get to know someone that they don't know. Mm. And... Of course, my family and friends knew that I was like a great option because they know me forever. They know who I am, my essence. But then all of a sudden, I am in this platform where people just know the way that I look. Mm. And maybe a little bio on some weird webpage, right? Right. And then I just needed to be patient with them as well. I've had many, many people that were not supporters and that were not happy with my uh, crowning or whatever. That have come up to me later, and they're like, "You're amazing. Really? Your transformation, blah blah blah." And sometimes I'm like, "Yeah, whatever." <laughs> but the majority yeah. of times, uh-huh. I'm, I'm able to to see that they also went through a transformation of understanding I who I was and you know who I am, and that's it's fair, you know. You need time and space to get to know people and what they really have to offer. So uh, it was also a way of uh, you know switching the mindset, not going through. Oh well, if you don't like me, whatever. That I'll be at this. It was not that. It's like, okay, you you don't necessarily understand or see the full picture. Please give me some time and space to show you what I can offer. And uh, yeah, it's a, also a very humbling uh, experience.
0: It requires a lot of emotional intelligence to be able to handle yes. the situation yes. like that. Now. Mm-hmm. Estefania, you're you're a brand ambassador of recognized brands such as Lancome Puerto Rico, such as um, Women Economic Forum, and even Miss Universe, and Volvo. Let's not forget Volvo. So wherever you go, you represent them. They see Estefania, they also see the brand. How -hmm. do you discern between events and initiatives you want to belong to and those you don't? I love, love,
1: love initiatives that have a priority to impact communities. I love brands that have a clear mission. And I love brands that think and work outside the box. For Mm. Volvo cars, for example, they have this amazing uh, purpose with Earth, with planet Earth. They have an amazing um, initiative, several initiatives to be able to bring people to understanding what it means to have a more a life more conscious towards our planet Earth. Um, So I'm going through this process of learning, you know, the hybrid cars, electric cars, what are the benefits of it? Yeah, I'm I'm going through it. It's not like I'm not an expert yet, but it's been amazing uh, collaborating with Volvo. That's exactly what they wanted me to go through. Um, they, They want people to have a real experience with it not only to be oh it's a pretty car it's it's really right. impactful um and it's not about uh sustainability for planet earth but sustainability in many other aspects for us as human beings when we think about like you said um emotional intelligence or uh healthy uh habits what are what what are the things that we can do in our lives that would allow us to live a sustainable life in know, global you know perspective. So that's really cool. Lancome has a wonderful, wonderful commitment with women that are have no access to education. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a wonderful commitment to bring the the human aspect of ambassadors to a moment in life where everything can be so superficial, superficial. And, you know, just about life and yeah, just about social media. I'm sorry. Um, and then Women Economic Forum, it's about community, building community. One of the things that I've learned is that you can do great things, but you always need community. You always mm-hmm. need a, a team of people that will walk with you, next to you, and each will be able to develop themselves in their own little interests and expertise. And then you can all be successful. And then with Women Economic Forum is exactly what they want to do. You know, they have this amazing network for women in the Caribbean with different several interests. And they just want them to meet themselves and show to the people in the communities what they're doing, how they're doing it and what, what else can be done. So yeah, I love your question because it's easy for people to think and understand that whatever you do in social media, you do it just because of the way that you look or what mm. you can get paid. Uh, for me, it's um, it's a big responsibility too. Whatever comes through my social media page, I know there's hundreds and hundreds of people looking up to me. Um, so it's a big responsibility too. Yeah, what
0: has been the lesson that? has taken you the longest to learn?
1: Ooh, this is like a Miss Universe question. <laughs> I
0: know, right?
1: <laughs> wow, that's a hard question. Maybe for a while, it was hard for me to understand. Some people will click with you, others mm. won't. When I was younger, maybe I would do anything and everything to make people, you know, see and, and be okay with what I had to offer as, as a human being. Now I, I focus in the people that naturally feel attracted to what I have to offer. Mm. And that can be in a romantic relationship or in a friendship or between family members. Um, And that's allowed me to really choose where I want to put my energies. I mean, I'm 31 now. I'm not saying that I'm old, but I definitely feel different. (laughs) Of course. uh, a wise way of focusing
0: and putting your energy. And approaching life as a whole, you don't want to contaminate yourself with things that don't need to be part of you
1: yeah yeah that's so, clever yeah
0: yeah and intelligent I think, uh, <laughs> and I'm very comfortable with it now so <laughs> I love that I love that yeah because I, I believe I love that you mentioned like I'm 31 I've matured much more mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I've realized certain things that I don't want around me and that's completely valid okay to what scenarios you would like to be exposed to in order to discover more about yourself. We know that you're currently in LA, but yes. what's the next adventure? Definitely
1: developing as an actor. It's a okay. wonderful thing that I've recently come across. I had the chance to be on set for an American TV series, uh, Fantasy Ooh. Island. Um, and that was amazing. I think I have some pretty good talent there so I'm very excited about training um and, and just giving them my best which is what I always like to do with whatever I get to do also at this moment in my life uh, embracing all of the things that I can offer to people you know mm. talking about acting I thought okay I want to be an actress now and I'm gonna just exclusively focus on that and I was like no I mean I have many other things that I can also offer. So it's uh, I'm very interesting and curious to know in terms of, you know, my professional career, how I can th- keep developing it, but not exclusively being an actor or a TV host, but just bringing everything to the table. So I'm very excited about that.
0: <laughs> I love that you mentioned several things because a lot of the times, just like you mentioned at the beginning, we tend to encajonarnos in one single yes. thing. It's just mm-hmm. like, if you're an actress, you're an actress. That's it. Yes. yes. If you're an anchor, you're an anchor. That's it. Yeah. If yeah. you are a TV host, you're a TV host. That's it. Yeah. And I believe that more and more in time, we've seen the power of diversifying ourselves and just yes. getting educated in different areas and aspects that really drive our interest and, yes. and our passions. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's Definitely. probably that where you are right now yeah
1: and we need to get comfortable with the idea, especially mm. people that are this industry uh it's a it's a transition a generational transition if we think about uh, musicians singers actors a while back they were exclusively that and they were big and they became big exclusively at that craft so it's something that we're used to right whatever right. um anyone would try to do a little bit of this and a little bit of that it would be considered even you know people wouldn't necessarily admire that person it would be more like oh she's all over the place she doesn't know what she's doing right (laughs) so naturally whenever I, you know think of okay i want to be an actor i would okay then it's it's acting it's only acting because otherwise i won't be to i won't be able to be a great actress i need to focus but we're living a different time uh technology social media connection between countries, people, different cultures is deeper and, and and most wonderful than ever and it's a chance for us to like you said diversify ourselves It's a chance to give ourselves the opportunity to embrace all those little things that make us smile and, and go crazy about right? Um, i love it yes yeah 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 so definitely going through that process of letting go and seeing okay why do i only have to do this if i only i also have like all these
0: things why not do them all together <laughs> exactly <laughs> because exactly. i'm ready and i want it all <laughs> <laughs> and you can be successful at them all and speaking yeah. about success i want to understand what success means to stefania oh the first thing that came to mind is this collective experience
1: with what I just yeah. t- told you about, right. you, know, you make big things, but if you think about it, the, there's a lot of people that are very important in, in that process of you reaching your goals. So I love perceiving success um, as a collective experience. And I try constantly to not perceive it as something that is over there when we Mm. think about the word success we look forward to it right yes but i think in life we go through experiences where we are successful then we just keep on going through life and then that's behind us and because the word success has like a like a futuristic sort of perception we forget and and yeah we, we forget that we've been successful in many many ways so i like also perceiving success as an experience that is possible and that can still live in the past, right? Because you've been successful at some moment in your life and now you have this new goal and you will be successful. So it's, it's cool the way that we perceive the word and then how we position ourselves in a time life, you know, of life. Right.
0: Do you yeah. consider yourself successful? Yes. Yes, I Very. love that. Okay, yes. perfect. Why? Yes. Why? What has been those I moments do. in your life that you're like, I've made it. I'm good.
1: Yeah. Um, Professionally speaking and academically speaking, graduating from my master's degree and getting my job at the embassy of France mm. really made me feel like I was successful. I studied French for four years. I did some foreign um, studies in France and in, in Canada. And then I got this job at the embassy, which is like one of the you know, things that I really envisioned myself right. doing. So that was an experience where I felt successful. I felt successful in love. You know, I spent five years with this amazing human being from the Netherlands, different cultures, different languages. Somehow we managed to love each other, support each other. And even that we're not together now, we, we still support each other. So I've been successful in life, uh, in love life. Um, Miss Universe, of course. Uh, there's a lot of people that say, you know, there's Miss Universe before and after Stefania, <laughs> And I, I freaking love that. You know, it just <laughs> makes me feel that I've succeeded in in just bringing up a different um, proposal to, to how people should perceive Beauty Queen. So that makes me feel successful. Um, every single detail or, or step that I take towards a new adventure that is scary, like what I'm doing now, makes me feel successful. Um, so yeah, I am successful and I will be probably more successful. (laughs) I'm looking forward to experiencing more success. I mean, and I say that with a humble heart, you know, um, it's hard. Not everyone has the same opportunities. So I'm also very aware of that. Um, and I'm very grateful for that.
0: After this delightful conversation, here are my key takeaways. Identify the people who keep you grounded and stay in touch with them. They'll always be your way back home if you lose yourself in the process. Stay in touch with your emotions and develop self-awareness to make better decisions. Believe in your potential and manifest the right platforms and coincidences. What's yours, it's yours, and nobody can take it away from you. Even if it takes a world pandemic for you to get to your destiny, it will happen. Don't be comfortable with the idea of what if, go for it. Dare to believe in the redirection of life and how this can align you with your purpose. Beauty queens are much more than a pretty face and a beautiful body. Each one of them has their own identity. Allow yourself to discover it. Recognize the privilege that your identity gives you and define what you're going to do with it. Will you be a voice for those who don't have it? Uncomfortable places build up your confidence. Embrace the process. Become comfortable with the idea that fear will always knock on your door when you're about to face challenges that have a high probability to make you shine. Don't forget there's power in you. Remove, mute, delete, or promote accordingly. Identify what content and people take away your concentration, focus, and beliefs of yourself. Some people will click with you and others won't, and that's okay. Focus on the people that are naturally attracted to what you have to offer. There's power and diversification. Don't allow yourself or others to limit yourself to one specific title. You are much more than that. And so are your passions. Success can be a collective, always evolving experience. Thank you so much for being here. We're so grateful. Remember, we have a date every Tuesday. So grab the tea, coffee or wine and make it your time. Perhaps also invite your girls. Trust me, They'll appreciate powerful conversations entre amigas. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Official and Spotify through Hazel's Eyes. Ahora sí, me despido. Hasta la próxima.